This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. I am very excited again for our guest today. When I first met Diane Courtley, I was so moved by her story. I knew that she was going to be on my show. Allow me to introduce her just a little bit. Diane is an energy worker who used her incredible psychic abilities to find her way through the agony of loss and grief. Her son, Travis, was run over and killed by one of her best friends. Diane talks about how she moved through the pain and from trauma to peace. Her book about a blue angel speaks about this tragedy and how she navigated the most difficult period of her life. Diane's main focus is to give evidence of an afterlife and confirmation that connections can be made with loved ones who have crossed over. She is a positive and knowledgeable medium who encourages you to explore, understand, and tune into your own unique vibrational frequency. Hers is a story that will no doubt take you on a powerful journey and perhaps even bring you a little comfort, peace, and understanding while processing the loss of a loved one. So happy to have Diane with us today. Hello, everyone. So happy to be back. And I know that I just introduced you to our incredible guest today, Diane Courtley. I have to say that when I, you know, got to know Diane, I was just so moved by her story. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it today. It is so touching. It is so moving. And I hope that it really leaves you with a new sense of connection and inspiration. So hi, Diane. Hello, hello. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. And I'm so glad that we got connected, um, you know, really through through chance, through being at the same event together and then just finding our way to each other. <laughs> that always happens. It doesn't matter what I do. And I'm sure it happens for so many people, especially in this line of work where we just connect, we find our people. Yeah, we do find our people. And I, you know, I love it. This morning, I was actually um, on a meeting with somebody else. And someone happened to pop into the meeting room at the same time. Someone I didn't know wasn't planning to meet. And it was so interesting, because she started sharing her story. And this is somebody that I never would have crossed paths with, but she just happened to click on the link by accident and ended up in the meeting room. Isn't that interesting? So, So you know, the world is being orchestrated for us, as you know, and, you know, the theme, of course, is when spirit calls and all of these, all of these interviews are all about when spirit calls us, but you've got a really profound story and how uh, spirit called you in a very different way than most. And so I want to invite you to just start by sharing, you know, what happened to you and what happened to your family in your story. Well, where to begin? So I guess um, the biggest thing for me, I feel like everybody has an awakening of some sort. And I, I believe that there are there are things that happen in our lives, some big things, some small things that just sort of send us on a trajectory of um, spiritual awakening. Or And I think that 
I was always that kid growing up that was curious about religion, curious about spirit. And I always felt like, I don't know if I should say this, but you know, the, the Bible had so many holes in it. Mm. Or it just didn't make sense to me. I read it, I reread it, you know, and I, I had some takeaways from it. I really enjoyed reading the Bible. I loved being connected to Jesus and I loved all of that. And then jump ahead a few years, married, three children, three beautiful little boys and an amazing husband. And my boys were eight, six, and five when I had, we had an incident that happened that just sort of sent me on a whirlwind kind of um, trying to figure out what spirit was about. And, you know, I'd always been curious, but this incident, and I'll tell it, was uh, something that sort of gave me the opportunity, I guess, to explore spirit and my connection and what I felt about spirit at a deeper level. So um, it was a wonderful day. My family and I were camping with some friends and we have a lake lot uh, nearby where I lived in, live in Northern Alberta. And we had some friends that came up. We were having a great day that morning. It was, a I always think of Winnie the Pooh, the blustery day. And uh, we were going to take the kids swimming and decided not to. It was a little blustery. So we went down to the dock where we were and decided to go fishing. While we were fishing, our friend's son, who had cerebral palsy, had fallen and banged his head. So I ran back to my camp, grabbed my van, went to the dock, and we loaded the mom and this boy, Eric, into the van. And I took him to our local hospital, which was about 20 minutes away. While I was at the hospital, we were getting some information. Eric had cut his head, so we needed stitches. The doctor was coming. And one of the it's small towns, so one of the the nurse that was on call that night came out and said, it's going to be a little while. They're bringing somebody in. And I just dropped to my seat, and I just felt this overwhelming sense of dread. And I said to Tracy, my friend, I just looked at her and said, it's Travis. And she said, what do you mean it's Travis? And I said, there's something wrong. And she said, okay. So we sat there and the nurse came out and said, I said, uh, do you know anything about the person they're bringing in? She said, all I know is they're bringing a child in from Hussard. And Tracy, my friend looks at me like, oh my goodness, because that's where we were. The little community um, is called Jusard where our lake lot is. So we sat and we prayed, basically prayed, and we waited. And then our nurse friend came out again and said, um, yes, Diane, it is Travis. And Travis is my middle son of three, Levi, Travis, and Devin. And Travis is a unique little soul right from the day of his birth. He had some um, issues. He didn't develop like other kids. It was a genetic disposition that he had. So Travis was nonverbal. Travis, uh, we were told when he was young that he wouldn't talk. And he, we were learning sign language. We were told he wouldn't hold his head up, actually. And it took him eight months to do that, but he did it. And then they said that they he wouldn't sit up. It took him you know, a year and a half, and he did that. So he always sort of accomplished things, but he was delayed for sure. And it's um, 
It was a genetic thing that we found out. So there was a whole, you know, course of action we had to take with that. So we knew it was Travis that was coming in in the ambulance. We hadn't known what happened. Um, the ambulance pulls up. We go out and I'm looking across the stretcher. I see Travis on the stretcher. They're pulling him out. He's still living. I see my husband get out of the ambulance. And I had heard from our, I guess I should say that, <laughs> the nurse came out. She said some Travis had been run over had been hit so we were like okay so then when Arlen my husband got out of the ambulance I just remember looking at him and saying to him who was it mm. very odd but at the time it, it mattered to me there was some people that were camping down where we camped that would drink and drive quite often you know they would mm. go from camp and in my brain I think I was at that point, even, you know, thinking, I don't know if I'd be good enough, a good enough person to handle it if it was somebody that was drinking and driving. Yeah. He told me who it was, who happened to be one of my best friends at the time that had um, ran over Travis. I felt such a sense of relief come over me. And people always find that really, they think, what? But for me, I knew that my friend absolutely loved my son. And it was just an accident. So it took all that blame and anger. I could just, right at that moment, it, it was like I didn't have to worry about that. I just concentrated on the fact that this was an accident. And here's my son and let's fix him. We took him in. The doctors worked on him for a while and came out and told us that he had passed. So Travis was six and our world was right upside down at that point like anybody who loses somebody it was it was such a shock and at the same point there's so much going on when something like that happens you know family we had it's a small town by this time by the time the doctor came out to told us that Alice that Travis had passed the waiting room the, the lobby everything was packed with people so they took us into the room and Travis was laying on the bed. We still had the tubes down because they had been working on him, trying to get him um, alive, I guess, to try working on him. And I still remember sitting there. I The scene will forever be in my mind. My mother-in-law and my father-in-law were in the room. My mom was across from me. My husband was at the head of the bed. Everybody's losing their minds. Everybody's upset. Everybody's crying. I'm feeling panicky because I'm looking at Travis and all I wanted to do was tell everybody to get out of the room so I could clean him up. You can imagine our friend had backed over him. And if you can imagine, I just wanted to clean him up, like get, get out of the room. I want to clean my son and wash him and change him and all those things. And as I'm starting to lose my senses, <laughs> I think at that point, I just felt everything heightened. I was given the most incredible gift, and I'll never forget it. I was watching Travis's body. I was crying. I'm in tune with everything that's going on. And all of a sudden, I just felt his soul leave his body and just sort of hover above his body for just a fraction of a second. And then it sort of floated to the corner of the room. Wow. And when it 
I'm watching it and I'm watching this vibration of his soul float to the corner of the room. And again, it just hovered there for a split second and almost, and I telepathically, I heard goodbye, mama. And then and it was gone. And I will never forget that because for me, it was such an incredible blessing and such an incredible gift. Because in that split second, there was no doubt in my mind that my son's soul carried on. Mm-hmm. That we could um, honor and bury and go through the motions of grief for his physical body. His spiritual body was still continuing on. And I know a lot of moms, a lot of people that lose loved ones don't get that. And I feel blessed every day to have been given that gift. The story that's sort of a, you know, a, a quick synopsis of, of it, but there there's a lot more to the to the story. So well, yeah. I thank you so much for sharing that so bravely. I'm just sitting here, you know, trying to keep my tears in check because, you know, I mean, I think loss of a loved ones is is difficult, but loss of a child is a whole nother level. And, uh, and so, you know, there's such beauty in how you went through your experience. Um, first of all, that you knew that it was that son, um, you felt it already. It was like spirit was already speaking to you in that. And then of course, that you received this gift of being able to see his energy body, his soul, his spirit exit, and even say a goodbye and hearing a goodbye. I feel that that is, you know, that you recognize that being a gift is, is truly, truly a gift. And so thank you so much for sharing it with such um, compassion as well. You know, um, one of the questions that I was really feeling compelled to ask is um, about your friend, because obviously your friend probably experienced a great deal of guilt um, and trauma themselves. And I'm just curious to know what was that relationship like, you know, after and and what did you do for each other through that healing process, if anything? Well, that was an interesting dynamic on its own, because at the time, my friend and I were arguing about something. So we were at odds when the incident happened. And so it was really difficult. We hadn't been talking for a little bit. I still believe she was a really good friend, but we were sort of not speaking at that point. And I know that she is a person that feels things very deeply. So, of course, it was traumatic for her. She was a mess. She was absolutely a mess. And we had a lot of really close friends, all of our acquaintances that all got together. But interesting things happen when situations like this happen. Number one, I was not able we were on different boards we were on different things and people to pick sides it was it was close to me but people would in protecting her sometimes made me the bad guy if I disagreed with anything she was doing then they would say oh that's just because of what happened I didn't I wasn't able to it always became a reason, right? There was always something yes. sort of in the, the scenes that everybody looked at things differently. We couldn't just 
have a discussion and it was her and I having a discussion, it was her and I having discussion and anything that came from that discussion always reverted back to the incident. Right. So my and I felt it was better to just sort of part ways with that friendship for the time we we didn't go to a lot of the different events and things that that were happening with that group of friends yeah it was a really tight tight knit group of friends so we just sort of distanced ourselves from it and for both of our sake for both of our sakes I'm not saying it was just for me it was for her as well because people just looked at it and was were always wanting I had families members that couldn't stand to see her it wasn't just me you know, and it wasn't just her. It was like the families, the dynamics, all all the friends and everything. It became very difficult. That being said, I had, um, number one, my friend's husband was a pallbearer at the funeral because we were friends. Yeah. Uh, my friend walked in holding my hands at the funeral. Wow. And together we had her walk in with us just to show our support to the community um, that that we didn't hate her and like you know I felt relief it it seems so silly to say that even when I say it but I did feel relief and everybody expected me to be angry and and I knew that she absolutely loved my son I knew it so there was never a question of me being angry because she took my son's life yes I absolutely know that she had a hand in it yeah her actions that day, jumping in and backing up without looking, you know, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was an accident. Travis also had this habit because of his disabilities. He wore um, braces on his lower legs, on his feet. So he had a habit from not being stable of standing to the side or by a bumper of a vehicle. Whoa. So where does the blame? It, yeah. It's, right? It just happened. So I didn't have the same, I guess, feeling about the actual accident. Where do I stop with that? Do I, I wasn't there. My husband was there. Do I blame him? Do I blame other people that were around at the time? My oldest son, who was only eight at the time, I didn't know, and it's in my book, but I didn't know until I was writing my story in my book that my oldest son held a whole ton of guilt about not taking Travis with him that day. He said, I was the older brother. I should have taken him with me. Why didn't I take him with me that day? There's so many people that could, you know, blame or take responsibility. And, you know, I remember looking at him going, you were eight years old. This is not, you know. Isn't that amazing? I just, you know what? We don't realize how much weight we carry. Um, We really don't. I I do want to commend you on your grace and your ability to honor your friend. Um, I just think that speaks volumes into the quality of your character uh, because, you know, you are the one that lost the child here. And so I, I feel for you in that experience from the sense of like that people had to choose sides and that they are always attached it to the accident. But you know, again, I commend you on the grace that you carried in that and just honoring your friend as well, recognizing that she would also be going through a significant loss in that whole process too. Uh, I don't think that we really know how we would be in a certain situation until we actually get there. And so I don't think it's our place to judge anyone 
in whatever the experience is that they're having. But I can tell you that it is very clear that you have a deep ability to love compassionately for other people. And that I want to just highlight because I want uh, the audience to really feel into that deep compassion, even if they don't understand how you could possibly hold somebody's hand or how you could have that relief that it was a friend. Um, I think in some ways I would be relieved too that it was, you know, somebody that I loved that loved my child. So I can, I can understand that. But I think that it just shows such a big quality of forgiveness. And I think we're really missing a lot of that forgiveness piece in how we move through life. We're really busy looking at blaming ourselves or blaming others. And I think that that forgiveness piece is such a powerful, powerful energy for us to just start leaning into and paying attention to. So I've thought about it. I've thought about why I felt the way that I did. And I I really don't have answers for it. I just know it it was in my character and it was just in my knowing to not be that person, you know, be that person that, that made it. And honestly, I had, I had my friend and her husband over for supper about a week after the funeral, I invited them over to our home and we had a family supper with, she had two children as well. And we had a family supper and I can remember distinctly her and I sitting on our front porch and just sitting out there and her saying, I know you're going to be angry with me. You're not right now, but it's going to come. And I want you to know it's okay. And I remember saying to her, the only thing that's going to make me angry is if you fall apart or if your family falls apart, because I don't want my, maybe this is a selfish part. I don't want my son's name associated with you or your family's demise or falling apart. Yeah. Want that. So, you know, I have thought about that and I think that that's, you know, very uh, self-serving on my own part. I didn't want people to say, oh yeah, their life's terrible because yes, happened with Travis. I didn't want his name associated with that. So I said, if you can do anything for me, you can do anything, get it together, keep it together and have a good life. Um, regardless of this. So yeah, I, I have had that, that thought, but it was really easy. I, I can't say it was a struggle for me not to just be okay with the fact that it was her. And I knew that she had to carry that. I do feel for her having to carry that because it's a, it's a huge thing to carry. And I, I respect that she's the one doing it. Yeah. And and she will for the rest of her life, won't she? But you know, you've at least made it a little bit easier for her to carry that. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm just so moved by this whole story and, you know, the whole experience of what you went through. So I want to ask you, what value, what learnings do you have? What, what did Travis leave behind for you that has made your life so much more rich? Oh, so many things, so many things. I had I had a list going on, a mental list in my head after he passed. And I said, it's so ridiculous. For the first little while, it was kind of like a list on one side, reasons why he shouldn't have passed. And then on the other side, reasons why he did pass. So, you know, give me reasons. And I wanted to fill that list to sort of make sense of it, I guess. And yeah. list of why the accident happened, the incident happened, 
grew to be so long. There was so many blessings from it that um, it helps. It helps mm. every day. We still have Trav days, we call them. It's been 23 years. You know, he was only six years old at the time. He would be 30, turning 30 wow. this year. So, you know, it, it's a long time, but we still have those days. But the amount of blessings that have come out of it, Number one, my connection to spirit has got so much stronger and Travis works with me now. I am a medium. I work um, as a professional medium now. I like to think of myself as an energy interpreter yeah. or so a medium um, just because I like the flow of it. And I and I like that the fact that I'm it's more science based. <laughs> I'm interpreting energy. I'm interpreting yes. the energy that I get. Yeah. And um, so that's a huge thing that happened from that is the takeaway that I get to communicate with him all the time. He works with me when I do readings and he certainly worked with me when I wrote the book. He, you know, I channeled a lot of stuff from him and I got to um, connect with him in a, in a very physical way, because for me, it is very physical. It's vibration, it's energy. So I'm still yeah. very connected to him in a physical way. And uh, again, you know, it's a gift. Takeaways, there's so many. There's so many. Just it gave me closure to so many questions I had as a kid growing up. And it gave me, I was always a know-it-all. And that got me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> growing up when, I, when you'd see things sort of happen before they happen, or I would I would sense things before they happen. Not so much that I can verbally say it, but imagine being like on a school board or a hockey board or something and seeing dynamics happen before they actually happen. People would always, you know, say, oh, you're always, why do you always have to play devil's advocate? You don't know what's going on. And I'm like, can't you see what's going on? You know, I would always see negative things or positive things too. But, you know, I would speak out against things and I, and I couldn't understand why people couldn't see those things. <laughs> I couldn't understand. And my husband's great. He would always say, Diane, you don't see things like other people. You have a really strong connection. You can see things ahead. But for me, I'd been that way my whole life. So I didn't realize that other people couldn't do that. And it was started really after Trav's death, going and starting to really speak the language of spirit and wanting to speak the language of spirit and wanting to know more about it in a more conscious way yeah. that I recognized that I was different than a lot of people. I did, did see things differently. I just figured I had a heightened intuition like most people. You know, oh, I got a good intuition. You know, it's funny that you share that. Yeah, I was yeah. very much the same, you know, where it's like, how come everyone doesn't think like that? Like, I didn't get it. Like, I was like, don't they see that? Don't they think that? <laughs> and then it my just mom, makes no sense. Yeah. Right? I know. My mom's like, Deanne, <laughs> not everyone thinks the same. Not everyone thinks the same. And that was a big, that was a big learning for me too. What can you leave with our audience in terms of like helping them to heal from a loss? whether it's a child or someone that they love deeply, what are some of the things that you think could really help them in, in helping move through some of their grief? I think that it takes time and to know that everybody processes it differently. Everybody's on a different level. And 
just know the reason that I do what I do. I love it. I think it's helpful. I think that at the end of the day, when people come to see me, I want to give them enough validation for them to start to open their heart to the possibility that there is life after death. I think just knowing that there's life after death is such a huge relief for people when they're going through grief, right? Like, and a lot of people, when when incidents happen, when people, loved ones are taken from us, it sets us on a course of trying to figure it out. There are a lot of people that don't even think spiritually, don't even think about their own spirit life or their at a soul level. They don't think about life. They're just trying to get food, shelter, you know, the right. have a good and happy life. And they, they don't think about the spiritual sense of our lives so much anymore. I think that religion isn't as predominant as it was at one point point and I think we look after our bodies we look after our minds but there's this gap where we're not looking after our our souls and our yeah I think we've got generations now I feel that we have these generations that are kind of lost I call them the walking dead (laughs) (laughs) but where they just sort of walk through life and they're they're intuitive they're making choices they're guided by spirit but they're not consciously aware that there is a spiritual guidance system or that they have a spiritual guidance system and they're not consciously aware that we're all part of this sort of connected universe. So, you know, and I feel doing this work is helpful at that level. Whenever somebody comes to a reading, I just want to give them enough validation so that they go, huh? Exactly. Yeah. And then that opens the door for them to really explore their own connection yes and, you know and it just gives them comfort knowing that the, I the com- I try to give them a little bit of comfort like I was given that day and that gift yes. of seeing his his spirit so it's beautiful um, I take is that there like there is life after death and it's okay to enjoy your life too as a parent there's so many I know some parents that just crawl into bed and can't even function after they lose children their children want us to be happy. Travis has told me that over and over in our, you know, little meditative, when I go into meditation and have conversations with him, he says, I just want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. They're rooting for us to be happy. They're, the, they're our greatest children. And they're not missing anything. No. Anything. <laughs> they see, they still care what's going on. They're still involved in your life, in our lives. Travis is still here at all the big things. He's still yeah. so- and cheering us on he's not missing anything the only thing we are doing is i miss seeing him see the world right yes you know i when the boys were young and we took them to disneyland and my other two sons and i remember meeting them meeting mickey mouse and you know i was sad for a second because i thought oh god would love this and then i heard him say i'm here (laughs) okay this okay. is an epiphany. He's not missing this. I'm just missing seeing him miss it. Yeah, yeah. Thinking this, missing it. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that. You said some really powerful things there. And and one that I really want to drive home is that our loved ones want us to be happy. And that oh. I think is so important because I think you're right. I think some people think that they need to suffer through that. And so I think that's powerful. 
I also love that you said that, you know, we all heal and experience the process of loss differently so that we're giving each other some permission. There's not a timeline, you know, Um, some people might take years and some people might take months, but remembering that those loved ones want to see us happy. They want to see us enjoying life and it is okay for us to enjoy life after they're gone. I think that in fact, they, I, I think it's really important. They, they will certainly come and support us when we're feeling down or sad or going through that grief period, they will come and support us. But just like anybody, they would rather come to a party. Yeah. Oh, it's easier for them to connect when we're vibrating high and in those beautiful right. energies, it's easier for them to connect with us. Yeah. They will support us wherever we are on our emotional journey. They'll do that, but they want to come to a party. They want to see us happy for us to enjoy our lives and carry on so that they can be part of that joy. They're not missing it. So I love it. I love it. Do you want to walk into a room where people are crying or would you rather walk into a room? Right. (laughs) Exactly. Good time. They're no different. They want you to be happy. Yeah. I love it. I, you know, I have a friend who is very close, a soulmate of mine and he passed And I joke now that we have a better relationship now that he's gone. (laughs) There's no fighting anymore. (laughs) I say that about my boys. I go, honestly, I can connect with Travis easy. He's here all the time. My other sons who are 31 and 28, 29, I'm like, sometimes they go days without communicating. Yeah. Travis is around all the time. I have a better connection with him sometimes as they go through the motions of life, right? Oh my gosh. The the blessings that come with realizing there's so much more to this physical world. And that is the invitation for the audience today, you guys, reminding you that there is so much more beyond this physical world and that we do have life everlasting. Diane, you have been such a gift. Thank you so much for sharing so passionately and sharing your wisdom. You've just got so many takeaways. Um, and one of them that I had written down here too, before I, I let us wrap up is that you started creating your list of gifts. And so I thought, you know what, what a great idea as well. So for those of you that didn't catch it when she said that, I want to remind you, if you're struggling with the loss of somebody, you could also create your list of gifts. And allow that to really show you how blessed we are and moving us into a deeper space of connection and gratitude. So Diane, you wrote a book. Um, and, um, and so can you tell us a little bit about the book and how can people reach out to you if they are looking for someone who does mediumship or can help them connect with loved ones? How can they reach you? Okay, so my book is about a blue angel. It's you can get it on Amazon um, chapters Indigo. Uh, it's available, and it's about Travis's story and my story in becoming a medium and how we connected. And it's a lot of fun. It's a quick read, so I hope you all enjoy it if you read it as much as I enjoyed making it in one weekend. Because I have to say, I started writing the book on a Friday night and it was done by Sunday and there was very little editing to do. I just sat down and wrote, 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 wrote. And I mean, it, of course, it was my my story and Travis's story. So it was, I was, it was easy to write. But I do know absolutely that I was channeling yes. information and help from Travis. So that's what made it easy. Um, as far as getting a hold of me, dianecourtley.com. 
I have different classes and I do uh, readings. I'm booking into January now, so you'd have to look on the on the calendar into January. But I do do readings and I've done group readings and all sorts of workshops and things. I just love teaching about this. I love connecting people and and just giving a voice to um, people and letting them know that it doesn't have you don't have to stay stuck. They want us yeah. to move forward. They want us to love. They want us to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I take Travis with me on that journey. Every day, my family, we take him on our journey. We still have, like I say, Trav days where we, you know, feel sad. And I ask for signs and he gives me signs all the time. We play a lot in spirit. And um, I'm I'm a, not a skeptic. I believe in this stuff. But I always want validation from the spirit. <laughs> it <laughs> I'm human. I, I want it the helps. physical. I want no. the physical. I want the tangible. I get it. So, we, we love our validation. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Well, there you have it, folks. We're going to be putting those links. Those will be in the show notes for you as well. So Diane, thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and your grace. And thank you to Travis as well for blessing us. I could feel him through the whole oh, he's time. Here. Yeah, I can <laughs> feel him. So thank you to Travis as well. So we will say goodbye until next time. I- I do have to tell you, he just said, I love the color of your hair. I don't know why, but he loves the color of your hair. Oh, that's so nice. I've got some grays coming in. So I sure appreciate it, Travis. Thank you. This is my natural hair color too, just so you know. I have not you dyed said it's my gold hair. And he likes the gold. It looks gold, really gold on the ah. hair. And he's like pointing at it going, tell her I love the gold. In oh, thank you. Oh my gosh, I love it. How fun is that? Oh, brilliant. Thank you so much. And stay tuned. We'll talk to you guys all next time. Bye for now on When Spirit Calls. Now. So happy you could join us today. And we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca. And when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.